we talk about taxing the 0.2% of the richest. That are those people with the 5 million euro and above. And just to have a comparison, these people have the same wealth as the bottom 90% in the European Union. For the first time in 25 years, poverty has increased, with tens of millions of people facing hunger. But not everyone is having a hard time. Since 2020, globally, the richest 1% have captured almost two-thirds of all new wealth. This is the equivalent of nearly twice as much money as the bottom 99% of the world's population. This skyrocketing inequality can be tackled in a simple and effective way, taxing the rich. Making them pay their fair share would be a first step in clawing back elite power and reducing not only existing economic inequality, but also racial, gender and colonial inequalities. From the left in the European Parliament, I am Marcella Via, and this is Look Left, You Politics Under the Lens. In today's episode, we'll talk about the richest of the rich. But hold on, we won't talk about their extravagances or how they like to spend their fortunes. We will point out the urgent need to tax them and what that revenue could be used for. So, to give you a better understanding of how the wealthiest 1% gets creative when it comes to tax dodging and how this has an impact on workers' lives, you will hear Chiara Putaturo, a tax inequality policy advisor in the Oxfam EU office. But it doesn't stop there, right, David? Yeah, we also spoke to Marc Potenga, a left MEP, a member of the Belgian Workers' Party, the PTB. He's going to explain why, when we talk about taxing the rich, uh, EU leaders tend to turn a deaf ear. And also what steps uh, he thinks you need to take at EU level to achieve a fair and progressive tax system. Great. But before moving on, let's uh, hear what has been happening across the streets of Europe. We've just heard women in Spain protesting in support of football player Jenny Hermoso. If it was just a matter of women's football, maybe we won't even know her names. But after she's been kissed against her will from uh, Football Federation President Luis Rubiales, her name is all over the news. So what happened is that after calling him up publicly, Jenny ended up in a shitstorm for denouncing this kind of abuse. And uh, she's been called exaggerated. She's been called a liar. Some metrotoxic men even said that she enjoyed the kiss and that she was taking advantage of the situation. And eventually, after a lot of uh, pressure, Rubiales gave up on his job. But also, Jenny was not called up again in the Spanish election team. So what's your take on it, uh, David? After this really great, successful tournament, and then you have this sports person kind of going through, you know, one of the best moments of their life. You know, you win the World Cup and then this horrible thing overshadows. This creep comes in and overshadows the whole thing. I think it was great the way she got solidarity in Spain among the public and among the other players. So that was really positive, but it did kind of show like what the feminist movement is up against in uh, Spain and much further beyond. 
And now we have this latest thing where she's getting punished for calling out uh, this kind of sexist behaviour. They've a battle ahead of them, I think, but uh, I think the public seem to be really on their side, the Spanish team, and uh, that's really great to see. No, exactly. I think public support for Jenny is very positive. I think also in a patriarchal system, the reaction came very fast. It's also sad to see that women are still paying for uh, raising their voices against these uh, kind of abuses, but um, also we will see how things follow. And, uh, well, what happened in the European Parliament? Okay, so we're going to hear a little clip from the plenary session of the European Parliament where we were talking with our co-president Martin Scherdewan about the so-called Soteo speech by Commission President von der Leyen. That's the state of the European Union speech by von der Leyen. Here's Martin reacting to that speech. The president of the Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, completely misjudges the social and the economic dimension of the cost of living crisis and the energy crisis that we are facing. That was uh, Martin, our co-president, reacting to Ursula von der Leyen's speech in Strasbourg on the State of the European Union. There was uh, 6,705 words in her speech and zero mentions for the cost of living crisis or the word poverty didn't appear once in the whole thing. Um, Yeah, it was interesting. She seemed pretty delighted with herself on the issue of jobs and employment when we were watching, but there was no talk, for instance, of in-work poverty or the kind of problems that people are experiencing right now. What was your take on this? So, Teo, I always find interesting how the European Commission managed to make an absolute hype about something that's super bubbly and that most of the citizens don't even uh, understand what it's about. And I think Ursula von der Leyen is a master of uh, throwing roses, basically, at a situation that is in pure decay. Mm. Uh, because we've seen uh, the energy crisis, there is a war that's still going on, so many people uh, being beat by the cost of living and she always presents it as a huge victory. Mm. So as Martin was pointing out, I think uh, it shows a clear disconnection between the institutions and the people. But I think it's also very cool that uh, within the scenario, the left always tries to bring in the real state. Yeah, Martin was talking a lot about like people being angry and people being right to be angry. And within this kind of cost of uh, greed crisis, as we're calling it, where big corporations and mega rich are doing extremely well for themselves. But yeah, that's the tale. It's every year. And that was Ursula von der Leyen's last one of this term. We still don't know if she's going to run again, but we might find out soon. Yeah, we will see also if uh, the next Soteu is going to be still uh, so positive about the State of the Union. But well, thanks, David. So we've just heard what has been happening uh, in uh, September across the streets of Europe, but also in the European Parliament. And now we can move on to the issues that uh, bring us together today. How to make the rich and big corporations pay their fair share so that this money can be invested in public services. Hi, Chiara. Thank you very much for being with us today. Before starting, as usual, could you briefly introduce yourself? I'm Chiara Potaturo and I am the Tax and Equality Policy Advisor in the Oxfam EU office. One of the priority of Oxfam is the reduction of inequality and we work on tax justice at global, at European level, because taxation has an impact on inequality. I think it's very important nowadays and we see this growing inequality that is also translated into a common demand and uh, with almost uh, more than 100,000 uh, hashtags only on Instagram 
saying tax the rich, this demand has become uh, viral and also uh, an iconic symbol uh, to address existing uh, skyrocketing uh, social inequalities. But uh, before moving on, who are the rich and uh, why should we tax them? We're talking mainly about the richest 1%. That, according to, to our estimation, uh, is constituted by people that have more than $1 million. And when we talk about uh, introducing a wealth tax uh, in the European Union, we talk about taxing the 0.2% of the richest. That are those people with the 5 million euro and above. And just to have a comparison, these people have the same wealth as the bottom 90% in the European Union. And why we should tax the rich? There are different uh, reasons. So first of all, to reduce inequality and make taxation more progressive because when the rich do not pay their fair share, we see other kind of taxes that the majority of people pay. They have to be increased. Then uh, the revenue from taxation can be used for our hospitals, schools, social protection, but also for uh, green transition or for the humanitarian emergency like the hunger crisis in Africa. And then we need to tax the rich to reduce the concentration of power because rich people have really a huge power to influence politics, to influence media, the so-called political capture. And uh, there is also a last reason that is connected to the environment. Uh, according to our studies, rich people pollute more and they also invest more uh, in polluting companies. I think everyone can uh, recall uh, the headlines uh, from uh, the last uh, COP where uh, it was attended by billionaires uh, coming with their private jets. So um, we were talking about uh, these uh, very privileged uh, individuals that see the world as their playground. But also, uh, what about big corporations? Of course, the taxation of corporations is linked to the concentration of power. Because when corporations pay few taxes, uh, it's uh, still rich people that get uh, richer. Now, corporations use particular way to avoid taxes. And the easiest way for companies is to shift the profit uh, to countries where there are low level of uh, taxation, for instance, the tax haven. And this is easier for companies that generate profit uh, from assets that are not tangible. For example, the digital companies, they generate profit from uh, the digital platform. And so these companies are free to decide where to book this profit. And very often they do it in the countries with a low level of taxation. Just to go back to tax havens, we know since 2017, more or less, the EU started addressing uh, this issue issue with the blacklist of uh, tax havens to point out the countries you were mentioning that has this special deal for big companies. But then we also noticed that uh, some of the big players are not in the list. So what are the most important tax havens and uh, to give a perspective to our audience, uh, how much money do they take from uh, countries? You mentioned the European uh, list of tax havens and um, we have been asking since the beginning to improve it because it doesn't capture the real tax haven. So first of all, this list does not include European countries. They are screened but in a weaker way. While according to our studies, there are six European member states 
that have some characteristic of a tax haven, like Luxembourg or uh, Ireland or uh, Malta. And this country operate as conduit countries. What does it mean? That they are intermediaries and companies uh, use this country to shift their profit to tax havens. Then uh, the EU tax haven list does not blacklist automatically the countries that have zero tax rate, like for example, Cayman Island. And then also the European tax haven list blacklist countries because they do not comply with some transparency standards that the OECD has decided. And not all countries or a lot of countries were excluded from uh, this decision in the OECD. So we consider this a bit unfair. There are other blacklist uh, list of tax haven that are elaborated by organization, uh, for example, by Tax Justice Network. And they also take into consideration the economic weight of the countries. And if we compare the European tax analyst and the corporate tax haven index of tax justice network, only two countries of the EU list are in the 20 worst corporate tax haven. So the current EU list is very weak. And you ask me about the cost of tax haven. So there are estimations by the EU tax observatory. They estimated that the EU loses 36 billion euros of tax revenues. And this is just for corporation. So, I mean, how much we could do with all this money? Yeah, I think it's uh, shocking, honestly, especially now with uh, the cost of living crisis, but also even before with the pandemic, like uh, everything is... Uh, more expensive and uh, for people it's harder to hit their homes, pay their bills, uh, do the grocery shopping. So how would the situation change if uh, these uh, rich people and the big companies paid the, their fair share that I'm sure they can afford to. We just came out with some new figures that show that in 2021 in 2022 the windfall profit of the biggest corporation were one trillion dollar a year compared with the years before the cost of living crisis. And if we see at what corporation do with this uh, windfall profit. They don't use it to increase uh, salaries of the workers or to improve the conditions of the workers or for green transition, for instance. But we estimated that the windfall profit of food and energy companies in 2022, uh, the 85% went just to the shareholders. And this happened when billions of workers are actually seeing a pay cut because of inflation. Even the European Central Bank has admitted recently that corporate profit are responsible for inflation. Corporations are, let's say, using this crisis and also their monopoly powers to set the price and to set the prices higher and higher. Well, what you say is uh, shocking, yeah. but unfortunately, mm -hmm. this is reality right now. We live in this kind of society. But uh, just to conclude, what does need to change at EU level to achieve this uh, fair and more progressive tax system? Yeah. There are already some uh, reforms ongoing. 
for example, on corporate taxation, the European Commission has just proposed a mechanism called, in the European jargon, BFIT, Business in Europe Framework for Income Taxation, is a mechanism that basically will uh, require companies to pay their taxes and uh, book their profit where they have uh, uh, real economic activities in Europe. And so this would limit uh, the shifting of profits of, for example, digital companies that we mentioned before. Well, thank you very much for uh, your answers and for being with us today. And uh, let's hope the EU starts uh, taking all these uh, necessary steps to address uh, existing inequalities and uh, they will finally tax the rich. Thank you very much. So Chiara explained us very clearly the tricks and tactics used by the rich and big corporations to avoid paying taxes and what needs to be done to achieve a progressive tax policy. I think this is shocking that while so many people cannot afford to make ends meet, we see these few others that travel to the space and do whatsoever crazy actions for fun. And uh, no concrete measure is being taken to address this huge injustice. What do you think about it, David? Well, everyone wants it. Everyone wants tax justice for the rich to pay their fair share and corporations as well. It's just the politicians are behind because they're too close to those very people and too far from the people they should be representing and the ones they're supposed to be accountable to. So it's very much a political problem. It's of politicians being behind public opinion. And that means our democracies are essentially captured by the corporate sector and the billionaire class. And that's a massive problem. So we reached out to Belgian MEP Mark Batenga. His party, the PTB, is uh, running a campaign right now actually called uh, Tax the Rich with quite a lot of success here in Belgium in terms of awareness raising. And in the following interview, we asked Mark for his take on wealth tax and what needs to happen to achieve tax justice more specifically at uh, EU level. You should start with the basic principle that none of these measures are unrealistic or impossible because we've seen that the European Union has been able to take measures very fast. So I would start with this. On the one hand, let's have a European tax on millionaires, billionaires. And on the other hand, let's make sure that big corporations that now very often have very complex and complicated ways of avoiding tax, that they actually do pay their tax. Let's say put a corporation tax rate at about 25%, have the checks, have the balances, make sure that they do not use all kinds of tax uh, havens in order to avoid those European rules. Also, Mark gave us an overview of which political groups here in the European Parliament are opposing these efforts to tax the rich. There's three kinds of MEPs. You've got the ones that outright say, we shouldn't do this, it's a bad idea, let's not tax the rich. For example, the far right, that always pretends to support people, was very interesting to see that when we tried to target like the 1%, the, the richest, really the richest of the richest in uh, our society, they immediately were like, oh, no, don't touch them. And then you have the traditional mainstream politicians saying, ah, we'd like, but it's complicated, difficult, let's do something else. And then maybe a third one is the Social Democrats. So Social Democrats, they are now very much in favor of taxing the rich, but this is mainly because it's before the elections. So very often you've got social democrats saying it before the elections and then after the elections forgetting about it. And this is where our left comes in, the genuine left, the authentic left, to say, guys, no, no, we need to tax the rich. But also we have heard a lot of this argument that the rich create wealth. What about it? Well, it's bollocks, isn't it? I mean, workers create wealth. <laughs> they wouldn't have a 
sense without workers, those billionaires? This is basic economics, if you want. You know, a worker produces wealth, gets some salary in exchange, but that salary doesn't cover all of the wealth, all of the added value that this worker creates, meaning that part of that is taken by someone else. And who's that? Well, that's the owner of the factory, that's the big CEOs and so on. So Mark also explained what the EU needs to do to clamp down on this problem. Policy-wise, you need to end tax havens. And everyone speaks about it, we all agree, in theory. In practice, they don't agree because they don't take the measures that should be taken. We also have to stop closing our eyes for tax havens inside Europe. Part of it is obviously also stopping with this secrecy. Today, there are secrets on bank accounts. Big companies can hide them. The rich are very creative in finding new ways to avoid taxes. So tax evasion, once again, is a choice. And let me maybe add one more measure. If you go to different member states and you go back to the period of austerity, many governments have actually scaled down or destroyed their inspection services. And without inspection services, it's almost impossible to track down fraud. And uh, what about the Belgian context? Well, I asked Mark about the situation in Belgium and the PTB's campaign, that's his party. It seems there is quite a wide consensus among people here that um, you know we need to tax the rich. But uh, let's hear Mark break it down. Today we've got in Belgium, I think, about 37 billionaires that own a massive amount of wealth in Belgium. This should be tackled. And so what we propose is to have like a 1% tax on wealth above 1 million euros, a 2% tax on wealth above 2 million euros, and so forth, 3% above 3 million euros. And this would allow us to get massive revenue, extra revenue for public services, whatsoever we want to use it for. And, you know, for the moment, over 70%, so almost three out of four Belgians, whatever political party they're voting for, are in favor of a wealth tax because they see this inequality and they see this injustice. Mark also explained how the revenue generated from taxing the rich could actually be used to tackle inequality. Taxes uh, can be used in different ways and obviously in different countries priorities will be set differently. But I think a massive priority needs to be our public services. And it's like if you do not make these millionaires pay, who is going to pay? Basically, the European Union and many European member states have become a tax hell for workers and a tax paradise for the very rich. So this fundamental injustice, which is part of also class struggle, is very clear in the minds of many people in Europe. And so our challenge is now to say, okay, we need that money for our welfare. There's no reason for a healthy society to have such a thing as billionaires. It's not good for society. It's not good democratically. It's not good socially. So that was the interview with Mark Botenga, MEP. If you want more information on that issue, you'll find it on left.eu and more specifically on the situation in Belgium and on the websites of Mark's party here in Belgium. You'll find their campaign, Tax the Rich. It's uh, on ptb.be. Thanks, David. We will continue fighting on this issue and hopefully we will get to the point where this absurd inequality will no longer exist and the rich will actually contribute to a fair and more equal society. And that was it for the fifth episode of Look Left, a podcast from the left in the European Parliament. Let us know what you think about this episode. Feel free to reach out to us. We are always happy to receive your comments and questions. A big thanks to our editor, Alexander Damiano Ricci from Bulle Media. Sound design and mixing are by Jeremy Bouquet. Until the next episode, Look Left. Look Left.